This is episode four. In this episode, you'll meet Jesus, the owner of Paper Tacos. He gives us great insight on how he created a Mexican-themed greeting card company. Enjoy! Hello, hello, bienvenidos. I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate, a podcast with conversations of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. Join me to hear stories from entrepreneurs of different cultures and identities. I believe consumers want to support businesses and organizations that they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. I know it does for me. Also, my daughter will join me once a month to talk about the kid entrepreneur perspective. So subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening today. And we're here with Jesus um, from Paper Tacos. I've actually, I didn't didn't tell you this, but I've kind of been stalking Paper Tacos for a few months now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you my favorite ones once you tell people what it's about. But you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So, uh, yeah, my name is Jesus Rualcaba. And um, what can I tell you about me? I guess I... I live here in Sunnyvale, California, and that's where Paper Tacos is based, out of my little apartment. Um, I'm pretty small right now, but you know I'm very hopeful and have that entrepreneurial spirit right now that it could grow into something pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so that's that's me and my little business right now. Yay. We'll get into more details in a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first, let's get right to getting to know you a little bit more. Okay. What's your favorite food? My favorite food, actually, my favorite food, without a doubt, is pizza. I love pizza. What kind? Any kind? <laughs> pepperoni. has to be pepperoni. And for the longest time, it was from Round Table. And my dad would, every Friday, would bring home pizza when I was a kid. That was like our treat for the week. And so... I was think Friday payday? Yeah, Friday payday. Friday payday pizza. And pizza day, exactly. <laughs> And so that's where I think it came from. And then on Sundays, he would bring donuts. So I love donuts, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we love pizza and donuts over here, too. But, but we're, we're kind of spoiled over here. Um, we have, like, handmade, homemade-style, Italian-style pizza with, oh, wow. like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So what's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. Blue? How yeah. come? I don't know. I just like it. I mean, I always like when I'm out shopping or when I'm, you know, looking at things, I just always gravitate towards blue. It's just, I don't know where it comes from or nothing. It's just a color I like. Yeah. Is it like you wear blue all the time or? I do wear blue. Um, I mean, I, I, my style of dress is very simple, but if I do wear like colors or whatever, it's mostly going to be blue. Mm. <laughs> So what's the most recent book you've read? Oh, I'm actually in a book club. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. And the last book that we read was, is a fiction book, and it's called Little Fires Everywhere. I forgot the name of the author. But, Little uh, Fires Everywhere? Yeah. It's like oh, what's it about? It's a bestseller, and it just basically follows. So the author is Asian-American, mm-hmm. and it you could tell in the writing of the book that she puts a lot of her kind of like, you know, things that you talk, you talk about like cultural identity into mm-hmm. the book mm-hmm. and, and um, it basically follows like a rich family and this poor family moves into this rich community. Mm. And then, you know, she has, it's a single mom and she has a daughter and um, they make, they become friends with this, you know, upper class family and it just shows like, you know, a lot of their cultural, not cultural differences, but like, social economic differences and you know that's kind of where the book takes off and then it goes into it it's pretty pretty good book i actually enjoyed it very much yep cultural experiences are everywhere yes (laughs) (laughs) inform everything um oh i like this question i think it's my favorite question if you could meet one person dead or alive who would that be oh that's a good question um recent 
Well, recently, my this is kind of interesting. My sister has been doing our family tree, mm-hmm. and she's gotten pretty far back. And I remember a while ago, um, I you know I, I was kind of interested in that, and I just kind of gave up because back when I was doing it, there wasn't the resources there is now, and um, there was a I read in a in a text when I was looking at you know the name Rubalcaba and where it comes from. But there was someone named Alonso Rubalcaba who helped build the Catedral in Guadalajara. Oh, cool. Yeah, so back in like the 1500s. And I you know, I was wondering like, oh, that'd be so cool, you know, if like maybe, you know, we're related somehow and I couldn't confirm it. And my sister actually confirmed it. Like it's a direct lineage to that guy. Oh, that's and, so cool. Yeah. My dad was born in Guadalajara. That's oh, okay. where my family's from, Jalisco. Yeah, yeah so my, my, my mom's from that side and... My dad wasn't born there, but um, they ended up, you know, migrating and moving over there. So yeah, so so I, when I when I found that out that you know we're related and you know I'm very creative and you know I'm artistic and all that, so I would want to you know, I guess I would want to meet him because you know architecture and things like that yeah. are you know very much creative. So it would be interesting to like the main cathedral in Guadalajara. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, he was like the lead mason, not like the person that did it, but he's the one that like, you know, kind of like the contractor that made sure everything's getting built right. <laughs> That's cool. A visionary. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So what's the last song you listened to? Uh, I don't even know. I have, I, when I'm at work, I, you know, I like to focus with music. But I put on, I, I listen to Spotify and I just listen to like, the, what's it called? Like the focus channel or whatever that they have on there. <laughs> so I don't even know. It's like some, you know, instrumental, like focus type music. I don't even know what it was. But, uh, but that's, oh, that's cool. Sometimes I like to listen to that stuff when I'm on my way home uh, on <laughs> so, BART. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just like to like, don't look <laughs> at anything. Don't, don't look at anything. Don't touch anything and just... <laughs> drown it all out <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's chaos out there but it's like really smooth in your ears right <laughs> yeah so tell us something that only a handful of people know about you i'm an overthinker like uh i think people when they you know when they talk to me or like you know when we're discussing things like even at work mm-hmm. um they, you know, they respect my opinion and, you know, and all that. And because they, 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 they know I do my, my job well and all that stuff. But little do they know that I have, like, my mind's always racing. And I'm always doubting things that I'm saying. But I just go with it because I know it has to get done. But, yeah, I'm definitely, like, a, an overthinker. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely relate. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, okay, just turn off for a second, please. <laughs> Too many thoughts. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's how you that's how visionaries become turn their visions into reality, right? Yeah, it works somehow. I mean, for me, you know, sometimes it does, you know, maybe hold me back from something I'd want to do. But um, but for the most part, sometimes my mind leads me to directions that I don't think otherwise I would go into, and it ends up, you know, sparking other ideas and stuff. Yeah, no, that's cool. So let's get right into talking about your cultural identity. How do you self-identify? Uh, so I self-identify as Mexican-American, as, uh, as a creative. Um, I'm a father, uh, as, a, as a son of farm workers. Um, as a first generation college grad and uh yeah i think like those those five really are like the solid ones <laughs> cool yeah that i always like to hear people answer the question because it just kind of paints a picture that we don't see right it just kind of opens a little window into your yeah. life right yeah it does especially like at work where I work right now. Um, so I work in tech uh, here in Santa Clara. And um, I've ever since I moved over here about six years ago, you know, I've been working at tech and there's not very many Mexican Americans or first generation college students. 
uh, as college graduates um, and uh, or people that come from a background like me, you know, from, you know, parents who, you know, worked in the fields and uh, that it's a huge part of me. But when I'm there surrounded by those people, sometimes, I don't know, you feel like a disconnect a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, it gives you a different perspective that they don't even understand. Exactly. And, and uh, I think it's really important, you know, even though, you know, at first, you know, it's kind of like a culture shock or whatever. For me, it's really important to like share that story with them because I'm sure even on their part, like, you know, they, they don't hear, you know, a lot of that's those type of stories either of like us and where we come from. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, so I think that's really important. Yeah, it is. What, what does the phrase cultural identity mean to you? All right. So cultural identity to me, I don't know, just off the top of my head, like for me, it means like how I was kind of raised and brought up. So those other things that I mentioned kind of like, you know, make me as a whole, like who I am today, but like cultural identity, I think is like the roots of like who you are. So mm-hmm. So, you know, going back to like, again, how I was raised by my parents, you know, as from a traditional Mexican type household, you know, the foods, um, the language, Spanish was my first language, um, traditions, um, that to me is, you know, what cultural identity is. Um, it's, it's really like who you are, you know, from like a root space, um, and then, you know, you grow, you know, you, as you get bigger and you get all these different experiences that goes into like what your first question was like self-identity, you know, that comes from all different sorts of places like school and other places. But yeah, so cultural identity, I think for me comes, you know, from home. I just think it comes from everywhere. <laughs> yeah. That could come true. Yeah. So let's talk about your business. Mm-hmm. What what's the name? I love the name. And what do you sell? So the name's Paper Tacos. And I sell Mexican themed greeting cards or culturally themed greeting cards, whatever you want to say. But <laughs> most of them are like Mexican themed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um you definitely have to be bilingual for some of them. <laughs> yes. Or know what the products are for sure. Exactly. And where do you sell them? So I currently sell online um, at papertacos.net. And then I currently have eight stores that sell them in retail throughout California oh, and cool. Texas. Yeah. And then... California and Texas. Yeah. So okay. like there's like five here and three in Texas. And then I also sell at, you know, different Latinx type events um, or, you know, farmer's markets I've done before and, you know, just those type of arts and crafts type fairs. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. What, what's, your, um, what's your favorite event that you've gone to to sell? My favorite one was the most recent one up in Oakland, which was the Mercado Latinx. Oh, okay, yeah, that's where I... That's where I saw you there. <laughs> yes, and I really like that one. Just it was cool to see like all these people that I follow on Instagram. Yes, and... that's how I felt. I was like, oh my god, I can yeah. them in real life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was really cool, you know, to see them because we're kind of a little community, you know, online. But to yes. actually like, get to meet them and see everybody in person, like I don't know, like somehow made it. Even though it is real, it made it like this is real, like this community is real and they're here and it's really cool to like interact with them. So, so I felt that way, but I also felt like it's kind of unreal too. Like, I don't know. I kind of, I could see that too. Um, Yeah. But, but yeah, so I think that that was the best event for that reason. And then also to see such a, I thought it was a big turnout. I wasn't sure like how was it going to turn out or whatever. But a lot of people turned out, and actually that event was the event that I sold the most at than from any event I've ever done. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, so yeah, I mean, apart from that, though, I think what, what, what I really enjoyed was what I mentioned before, which was getting to meet everybody and being, you know, really feeling like, oh, I'm part of this, you know, community of Latino vendors. Yeah, I, I showed up late. Mm-hmm. Um, when I walked in, it was like, 
literally like person to person like excuse me like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like i couldn't i had to wait to get to the actually to the front of the table because there's people waiting and looking yeah. and stuff yeah yeah so was, I, was, I, I was really 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 proud of just being there yeah and that all of the vendors were all um <clears throat> they were all latinos yeah men and women mm-hmm. And I was also really happy and I had this like sense of like satisfaction that like the people that were there shopping were like yeah. shopping for their community and supporting people in their community. Yeah. It's kind of like the for us, by us type, yeah. uh, mentality. Yeah, it was really cool. And it was, it was, I really liked, you know, like there was a couple people that, you know, kind of resell our stuff. Like I actually, there was a lady there who sells my cards in her store and you know so it was cool like to oh, see them but cool. at the same it was really cool to see like all the talented people that are there and uh in the middle community yeah that's cool and you know even though i saw similar items they're all different mm-hmm. yeah everybody has like their own twist like i'm not the only one that sells cards there was other, there was you know there's other people there um but they were but, different uh, but we yeah. all have yeah exactly yeah. everybody has their own style everybody has their own brand or whatever and and um and yeah everybody has different different ways of showcasing their work so how did your business vision come about um so well okay so i was shopping for a card for my mom for Mm -hmm. her birthday Mm -hmm. but i couldn't really find anything that i felt could really like resonate with her i feel like a greeting card should be you know should have a sentiment that you know, somehow touches you emotionally. I'm not like the greatest writer or nothing like that. So I'm always looking for some something that kind of does it for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but so I went to the, the places that you would normally think of. So like, you know, Walgreens or like Safeway, whatever. And I think, I think at that time I went to Safeway and I just couldn't find anything. And that's not like when the idea came. That was, I think, though, that that's where I could pinpoint where like the seed kind of got planted and just kind of marinated in my brain. But then... <laughs> And so I just kind of bought like whatever from Hallmark because Hallmark actually has some good Spanish cards and I gave it to my mom. But then the next year I went to another event in San Jose called Viva Frida. And there, there was people selling prints of um, one, one individual had a prints of like just quotes. It was like a quote, like fame, you know, things moms say, Latina moms say or something like that. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I was like, oh, you know, like, it would be cool if, like, someone put that, like, on a greeting card, you know, or, like, like you know, sweater. yeah, you know, like, something like that. And so, so that's, that's, when I, when I said that, like, out loud, like, it just, like, clicked. Like, I remember that I was looking for a card for my mom. I remember that I couldn't find anything. And I thought, like, this would be perfect, like, you know, to put this on a card because I know that she'll totally get it. You know, it's, like, something, like, she would say. And, uh, and I, you know, as the more I thought about it, I'm like, why not just do it? And, you know, I'm a, I'm a designer by trade. Um, so I had the skill set to do it and all I had to do was just get started. So that's when I originally like thought, okay, I need to, I need to try this and see what happens. Cool. Very, very, very cool. Yeah. I always like to hear that this first seed (laughs) story (laughs) you answered my next question like what problem is your business helping to solve Mm. is there anything else you want to yeah no I I mean you know that experience of going to like Safeway and looking for someone something for someone you know that there's a big lack in that market for those that that target audience it's not the right fit it's not yeah. the right fit mm-hmm. and and uh i just feel there's a big void right there so you know even though right now i'm just doing greeting cards it's it's a people could come to my online store that don't have that fit they feel that same feeling i had and they'll mm-hmm. be able to find something that could definitely fit for them their family their friends and whoever else Oh my God. I love all of them. <laughs> <For real. laughs> like all of them. Mm-hmm. I think I posted your, your uh, Valentine's one. Will you be my Valentina? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, I definitely sent that to a few people. I'm like, hey, yeah. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, that's the whole point, right? Like, so that that's so when once I got the idea, like, okay, I got to try this. Then I guess the next thought that I had in the process was, okay, well, what are the most like closest, you know, things that I could relate to my culture? So I started thinking about saying. So the, my very first card was uh, Sapo Verde to you. Mm-hmm. So my dad would always sing, you know, Sapo Verde to you instead of Happy Birthday to you. So I'm like, I can't be the only one. I'm so sure that other people do that. So I did that card. Yeah. And then the next one that I did was Sana Sana Colitarra. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. could get well card. Like, so. <laughs> and I'm like, and whenever my mom would say Sana Sana Colitarra, she would put Vaporu on me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that could be another one. You know, like, it's so like, they just like, ideas just started flowing like so easy and so fast. And then I just narrowed it down to 15 cards. I'm like, okay, I'll start off with 15. If that sells good, then then you know I'll 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 do it. And uh yeah, so I took the first 15 cards, I went to a fair and um they sold very well, you know, people were laughing, they were getting it. There were some couples there that, you know, one person was Latino and the other one wasn't. And mm-hmm. one of them would <laughs> laugh and the other person was like, "Why, you know, like what? I don't get it. Like what's it, you know, what and they're like, "Well, if, if you, you don't know, get it, you just if you don't. don't get it, you just don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, and that's like exactly the the reaction that I wanted. I wanted people like when they see the card to have like a feeling of you know nostalgia, mm-hmm. uh, you know like a memory, my flashback. There was this one time a lady came and she was laughing and then she started crying with the sana sana but she she mentioned that her grandma would always tell her that her grandma had just passed away like Aww. the week before. Oh, that's so so I mean like it's it's just a greeting card but to some people it has that it just because of what it says it's so simple and all that uh it has a way of connecting to people and they don't see these things out there like you're not gonna find these at like you know your traditional places where you might go to you know to a gift shop or whatever yeah but it's not just a greeting card it's like a direct link to someone's culture that somehow exactly. has gotten lost or pushed to the side or is not like right in front of you every single day because yeah. there are other cultures dominant 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 cultures that you know exactly so, so yeah so that's kind of where all that started <laughs> so have you identified any other gaps in your industry yeah so i mean i'm just starting right now right and i mean i started back in september of 2017 and so right now I just want to focus on greeting cards because that's what I, you know, that's, that's my background. I started, I have a degree in print design, so it's print and I, you know, it's, I love drawing and this is actually like an old passion that has came back like, you know, with force. Cause I work in tech, I'm a web designer and user experience designer, but with big companies, there's so many restrictions, you know, you're, you're going by a guideline that's already been preset and you're not really able to be, you know, free to create. So this is like my huge passion project that just came back and it was so easy to just like fall back into it. But, um, so yeah, so greeting cards for now, but I do want to try to expand later, you know, in whatever stationary, you know, so like, um, and any, anything that's stationary or gifts, so like, you know, wrapping paper maybe in the future or, you know, things that relate, maybe balloons, you know, because there's mm-hmm. gaps there too. Like, you know, the same type of things could be done in those different spaces. I have seen some, but they're very, they're rare and not yeah. easily accessible. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I definitely think that there's room to make this bigger than where it's at right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So getting that that's a great segue to the next question is how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business? I mean, that's like where my, the core of my business plan is <laughs> my cultural identity. I mean, like I said in the beginning, just, I just started jotting down ideas and I have like a notebook that's filled with ideas that I still want to do. And, you know, when I get some free time, I'll sit down and I'll just start drawing, you know, one or whatever. So, so yeah, so going back again to, like, Sana Sana Coliterrana, you know, that's straight from my cultural identity. 
um, pandulce. I have one, you know, that has pandulce on it. And mm -hmm. that's straight from, you know, food is very important to our culture. So when I first started, I was thinking like, well, what's important to our culture? It's like the music, the food, our, you know, our dichos. Uh, family you know so all that stuff so that when I once I found like those core things that are important to me and to our what I what I know is important to our culture then it was just so easy to like say okay food what what's our favorite food tamales so for tamales perfect for Christmas you know it like makes sense um, the pan dulce or you know like that's that's just how it kind of goes so cultural identity is at the core of every single product that I'm doing right now yeah, so it's definitely, I mean, prevalent and the main focus of your product. Mm -hmm. What about the other things, like maybe things in the background? Like, what do you mean? Can you elaborate a little bit? Um, like, where do you print them? How did you decide where they're printed? How, yeah. what, what pop-ups or, or vendor events do you decide okay. which ones to go to? Things like that. Right, gotcha. So yeah, so the other part, so okay, everything's at the core, right, of like what I'm doing, but the other part is, of course, my audience. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I can't just target, you know, like let's say, oh, I want to get these into, um, I don't know, some gift shop that's down the street, which I know mm -hmm. does very well, but the community I'm targeting doesn't shop at that gift shop. Mm -hmm. So the people I've been reaching out to, like I told you, I'm in a few retail stores, um, are people that, you know, sell similar type products, you know, that they, um, and actually one of the biggest clients that I got so far was, um, Siete Foods. They sell like, um, no grain chips. And so like they're, they're, uh, no, I've heard of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, so they reached out to me. They're like, Oh, we love your cards, whatever. And, um, I reached out back to them. I'm like, Oh, thanks. You know, and we started communicating. And they're like, you know, a lot of big portion of our audience is, you know, Latino and, and we're very engaged with them. That's like part of their business plan. They like to engage like personally, even though they're a bigger company. So they're all like, we would love to purchase your cards. And, you know, when it's someone's birthday, we'll send them a birthday card when, you know, or like with, even with our vendors, you know, when we mess up, we'll like to send them, you know, a sorry card or whatever. So like partnering with, people like that is also in tune with, you know, my cultural identity because I know that their, their mission, their goal is also in line with my mission and my goal with my company. And so uh, cool. yeah. And uh, even, you know, that's like a, a big example, but like even smaller retail shops, like um, up in, oh gosh, up in Pico Rivera, I mean, down in Pico Rivera, there's um, mm -hmm. an ice cream shop, mm -hmm. you know, they sell helados. And so, like, they, their their ice cream isn't, like, Baskin-Robbins ice cream. Mm -mm. It's, you know, it's, like, an ice cream, vanilla ice cream with a churro stuff in, stuff mm -hmm. in it or, you know, something like that. <laughs> so, like, they're targeting that same audience, too, that's in tune with, you know, my cultural identity and the people that I'm targeting, too. So that's, you know, like you say, behind the scenes, that's, you know, kind of the other aspect of it. Yeah, you're definitely right. And, um, again, it goes back to what you're saying about, you know, the right fit. So... So yeah, so that's that's another way that the culture culture fits into the business. Have you ever thought about like co-branding? Co-branding, like, like like with Siete Foods or with that um, with that yeah. paleteria or or those helados, like yeah. You know? So for Siete Foods, mm -hmm. I have so they told me like, you know, we need cards that could fit these situations, and oh, so okay, I had cool. I had some that already fit. But then they're all like, oh, well, we need one that fits this situation. I don't have nothing like that. But I told them, but I could, you know, um, change the headline. I'll tweak the design a little bit and mm -hmm. it'll be perfect. You know, it'll still have the same look, whatever, and feeling that Paper Tacos has. Mm -hmm. But it'll be made just for you guys, you know, Siete Foods. And so, so that's one way. But like actually co-branding where like we were like, you know, labeling like on the back, like, you know us and them i haven't gotten there but eventually i would like to try like licensing you know artwork from someone you know and you know maybe make a limited print run of some cards of a of an artist and that maybe we could partner like that so definitely a lot of ideas but you know baby steps to get there mm -hmm. i know it just sometimes it's it seems like when you 
I'm, at least for me, like when I'm thinking about things, I'm like, oh my God, it could happen. It could happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But then when I really think about it, I'm like, um, let me take a step back. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I kind of need to sleep. Yeah. And I got to take care of my kids. You know, those <laughs> those people I'm responsible for. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, going back to, you know, your, your first question about, you know, about me and like, and we were talking how like I'm an overthinker. I mean, that falls into that too, right? Like I get all these ideas and I, my brain just starts going and I want to do it all now that I know that, you know, it's a, it's a process and you got to just. Yeah, me too. I'm just, like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it all next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. More hours. How do I get a, more hours in the day? We should start a Overthinkers Anonymous follow-step program. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. okay, here are your ideas. Here's reality. <laughs> yeah. But I don't throw none of those ideas away. They're all no. Yeah, they're definitely. And yeah. eventually, though, you know, I'll get to them. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, have you faced any uh, external struggles because of your cultural identity? in your business i'm trying right now to figure out how to get my cars that are so culturally influenced Mm -hmm. into you know like i'll say maybe a gift shop or something like that that isn't traditionally have these type of cards Mm -hmm. i haven't tried it yet i'm hopeful that you know they'll be open to it obviously but um but uh so I guess it's not really like setting me back because I haven't tried it, but I'm, I'm anticipating again, my overthinking, right. I'm already anticipating. I might come into like a barrier, like, Oh, you know, these cars won't, you know, they're not going to sell or whatever. So that's do you one. Think that, mm-hmm. think, uh, do you think that anticipating a barrier is kind of holding you back? Yeah. So that's, a, that's, that's not holding me back. I know I'm going to approach them. I just, it's just me like thinking already, you know, I haven't even tried it. And I'm already like thinking like, Oh, I might, you know, and that might, that that's directly tied into cultural identity. Cause I know mm-hmm. my cards are, you know, specific for a certain market. And I know that, you know, if we had a, you know, maybe just my, you know, couple best sellers in their shop. And uh, so, so that's one space. Another one that I came into contact recently I didn't anticipate this to happen, but within our own community, um, mm. I had someone who, who he wasn't upset, but he was questioning the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, why are you taking, you know, things that are so close to our culture and monetizing them? Mm. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, like those are details that are passed down from your grandma, you know, like those type of things. This was at, actually in Oakland, like someone that was there shopping. Mm-hmm. So that was that was interesting. Yeah, interesting is a good way to describe it. Um, so I always try to find, I always try to appreciate those comments mm-hmm. because it just gives a different perspective. Yeah. But then at the same time, it depends on the situation, right? Then it'll mm-hmm. help me validate what i'm doing i mean like yeah. okay I, I understand what you mean but no it doesn't bother me i'm gonna continue doing what yeah. i gotta do right <laughs> so yeah which is kind of the approach i took i mean i totally get his side and what he was saying um he definitely went into some other topics but um but i, I kind of took it you know the same the same approach that you're you're mentioning now and and uh you know i think we know like you know the whole other side of it the like you know there's a void there's people there is a demand for this type of content to be out there mm-hmm. and, and uh i just think some people don't don't see that perspective either like you know they're you know maybe they're just closed off they see it one way and they don't want to see that yeah but you know there's a lack if you you know even this is one one outlet but like if you look at entertainment like there's like little to nobody out there right now really representing us you know that's a whole different avenue but but you know this is my little way of putting a ripple into throwing content out there for for people Mm -hmm. yes yay yay for your ripple thank you (laughs) but this is a this is something that i was talking to uh nicole um she's in one of my episodes the the founder of an online lifestyle magazine Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about the Latino purchasing power. Oh yeah. 
and how you you said that there's a demand for types like this you know things that help us uh we're we're consumers we live in a consumer driven society we're gonna consume whether it's uh, greeting cards or coffee or water bottles or <laughs> information or right you go you build websites you right. build websites for with information for people to consume mm-hmm. whether they're actually spending money or not mm-hmm. someone is making money and someone is spending money no matter what right mm-hmm. so in this consumer driven society i think that it's now becoming very very aware very very prevalent the purchasing power that our huge huge latino and latina latinx population has in this country so (laughs) if if you don't monetize these things that connect with people in our community someone else eventually will yeah and what better than someone from our community to do it exactly that's my that's my take on it yeah, and the other thing is, but you know, talking to that guy that I was just talking about, it also made me a little bit self-aware, like um, that, you know, kind of going to like what you're saying too, like someone within your community, like you have to be careful, you know, like how you present it and be very respectful of the culture too, you know. So I'm so everything I do, like. You know, I run it by family, like, hey, what do you think? You know, I, I always want to try to get, like, some type of validation or approval before just, like, throwing it out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So The familia stamp of approval? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how easy or difficult was it for you to find what you needed to start your business? Like, um, yeah, information, people, money, yeah. materials? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I have the skills to like do it. I knew, you know, I know the print world and, um, but the, the side I didn't, I'm still actually learning is the greeting card business. Like there's a whole Mm -hmm. science to it and it's a huge, you know, um, market to get into. So I, I've actually joined like groups. There's actually groups like on Facebook that are, greeting card designers and that's been like a big help like you know they help me with pricing like how I know how much should I price these cards and um you know with inventory ideas just like the whole business side of the greeting card you know market is something that I had to just start you know learning and I'm still learning now um money wise it's it's fortunately it's I was thinking that I was gonna have to spend a lot of money because in print it's it could get expensive to do full color printing so originally i thought well i'll just mm-hmm. print out at home on demand you know on my little printer and whatever but um i knew that now there's commercial printers that have what's you know a digital press which there which allows the printer to do short print runs so rather than saying hey i want to print this one card and the printers most printers will say well your minimum is going to be five thousand of those because to make it worthwhile for us we need to make money we have to print five thousand otherwise we're not going to make any money mm-hmm. and even you know to print one card and i was printing 15 to get started um it would have been out of my price range mm. but i luckily found someone here local who has a digital press which allows anywhere from 10 cards at a time to you know as many more as you want so that was perfect for me. So um, I thought that was going to be a barrier, but I was lucky, you know, to find someone. So my cards, you know, they're printed at a professional printer and they, they're great quality. They are. They really are great quality. Yes. One, one of the best qualities that I've seen, actually. Yeah, thank you. So I got lucky in that sense. And, um, it, you know, that's, they didn't have that barrier. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. <laughs> Talking about technology, what is your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? Yeah, so... And how has it improved your business? Okay, so I needed an outlet because originally I was doing um, fairs and stuff like that, but I needed another way to reach people in between the week, 
right? So mm -hmm. Shopify for me was the best uh, tool to use. So Shopify is just, you know, an e-commerce outlet. Mm -hmm. get up and running really fast and um i did think about etsy and um you know maybe even ebay like i thought about like all different different ways etsy of mm -hmm. course was one that i was really considering but i wanted you know more freedom than what etsy offers and so shopify really gives you that you have freedom to design your website the way you want they offer they also mm -hmm. offer okay. great tools for like keeping track of inventory they also offer tools for, you know, when you're, when you're a merchant and you're selling outside. So like when, when I went to Oakland to sell, I took my little card reader, uh -huh. like Square. Uh -huh. They have their own version of that. But as people purchase, it also keeps track of the inventory you have online. So, so everything's oh, cool. connected. Yeah. All so at the same, all in the same place. Everything's in the same. So even though I'm selling outside somewhere, it's still connecting back to the database and my website and keeping track of everything I'm selling. So, oh, cool. yeah, whereas like with Square or Etsy, I can't do that. So it was, so I just wanted as much freedom and, and Shopify was definitely the best route to go. And then um, Instagram has been the best social media for me. Um, Facebook's okay, but Instagram, Instagram just like took off. And I think it's because, um, you know, my product's visual, right? It has like, it's a design. So I think Instagram was just like, a no-brainer and it and it you know it really took off there and then for yeah i remember seeing sapo verde oh. <clears throat> yeah i remember because i pretty uh, you said you started in september yeah uh i think that's when i put up my website mm -hmm. my my business strategist website i think that's when i put it up okay yeah so so then around that time i was like okay let me see who's out there and i started looking and looking and instagram's yeah. so smart it connects you to everybody <laughs> it does it's really cool i love it so yeah so instagram for sure is a great tool to you know uh, showcase my work and then also stay in contact with the people that are purchasing my customers and all that and then um email is also a tool that i love to use so i use uh, mailchimp and uh me yeah. too. I, you know what? I only use it a couple times, and I don't use it as much as I think I should. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So Mailchimp has been great, and I actually, I, you know, I have experience in like you know web marketing and email mm -hmm. marketing from the companies I've worked with, mm -hmm. and so like now I'm doing it on my own, and it's really it's really fun, you know, to like put the emails out there and putting them together, and then seeing how many people open, how many actually click through, how many bought. So it's like this whole analytical world that I'm getting introduced to. Um, so that and yes. then I, yeah. I feel like a little research nerd every time I go there, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a little chart. Yeah. <laughs> I sent it to this many people, this many people opened it, this many people clicked in it. This yeah. Yeah, so that and then um, Google, of course, I use Google Analytics to keep track of like people that are visiting my website and which products are doing good, you know, what people are searching for on the web that leads them to my website. Um, what else do I use? Also, Shopify is very cool because it has independent developers that could create plugins for your store. So mm -hmm. you have your like bare bones store, but then you could also add apps to your store. So there's oh, a lot see. I've seen Shopify on Facebook a lot. Yeah. So, they have an app that connects you to Facebook. Mm. So I use that. So there's a bunch of apps in, with just within Shopify that I also use to help me out. Yeah. Technology is so great. <laughs> yeah. That's why it makes it so easy nowadays to just yes. start a business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So do you have a business idol? Like, is there a business that you follow that you strive to be? And what about that business attracts you? And how are you different from them? Well, when I first started, the, the first company that really came to mind was Hallmark. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for obvious reasons, they're like the biggest, you know, um, supplier of greeting cards. And uh, they have a sub brand called Vida. And okay. that, that brand actually is targeting... Spanish-speaking community. 
Mm-hmm. So they put out a lot of cards that are, you know, in Spanish. And so, so Hallmark, I would say, is the company that maybe I don't look up to, but it's, well, I, I do look up to them, but I don't. Like, I don't want to be. It's an yeah. example. Yeah, it's an example. There you go. It's like a model that, you know, I'm like, okay, what are they doing? I should probably be doing that. You know what I mean? Because they've, yeah. they've been around so long. They've proven stuff. And so that's, that's who I look kind of like, you know, like my mentor or whatever. Like, okay, what are they doing? Okay, I should probably yep. like that. Let them spend all those exactly millions of dollars in research. <laughs> and- <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's a company that, um, that I'm looking at. And how am I different? Um, again, so they have that sub brand. And I actually like research, like, well, who's actually like writing their stuff? So I went like onto LinkedIn and I looked like who's working for that sub brand called Vida. And, you know, they're, they're Latinos, which is, you know, obviously smart. And, and, um, and, but the way I'm different from that sub brand is again, going back, mine are very in tune with a very specific culture in mind, whereas mm-hmm. their cards are seen more like it's just Spanish, Spanish language is like, like translated into translated. Spanish. Yes. Oh, Okay. Yeah. So there's, so I mean, there's, they're really nice sentiments that are written, but there's nothing that's like, oh, you know, like when people see my cars, they're like, oh my God, like, you know, this is, you know, my favorite food or whatever, you know, like. I like the word you used earlier, nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. So that's what's something that's missing from like when I see their cards versus when someone sees like my cards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're. I love your cards. What's your what's your favorite one? My favorite card right now? I'm looking at your Instagram page right now. Oh. <laughs> your favorite one. <laughs> My favorite card, it's probably the Sana Sana Coliperrana. Just because <laughs> it was like one of my first ones. And it's it's like the one that kind of like validated like, because in my the first time I sold, that's the one that probably sold the most. And oh, okay. I was going to ask you, which, which one is your best seller? Yeah, well, that was the, the very first time I sold. That one sold the most. But the best seller is actually the, the, um, flant- the fantastic birthday one and the fabuloso birthday one. Okay. The fabuloso yeah. one is up there. It's not my favorite. <laughs> I have like two, top two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the... um. <laughs> No, pale sigue, sigue. Uh, yeah, that one's actually good that's like in top five too. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. And I like está mal. Yeah. Listeners, you're not gonna understand está mal until you see it. I'm gonna try to describe it. It's a bed, very simple, just little twin size wooden bed with a tamal laying on the bed and a thermometer in its mouth and a ice pack on his head and it says está mal <laughs> <laughs> yeah just go to his instagram page if you want to see it you have to yeah but you said something that uh reminded me of another thing um you know right now you're like oh it's a simple bed whatever so like my my style also designs like super simple mm-hmm. and um i don't know if you remember so a comic series called uh the far side no okay it's it's like a it's a oh, new, yeah, yeah, yeah. newspaper mm-hmm. type the far side yes the far side mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. like it, they call it panels but the far side is just one panel and so in, within that one panel they have to get the joke across or like the so it's very difficult to try to convey something instead of it being a storyline like with a story the line. exactly yeah. so when i was a kid i would read like the far side like so much and i really liked their you know the, the, their the way that the artists would like you know communicate the joke it was so simple but it was so funny along with the artwork and everything and so that's something that i i really try to do with my cards is like keep the design as simple as possible the illustration or whatever and then I don't have anything written inside my cards either. So like I have to communicate the whole thing with one line, you know, like outside of the card. Yeah, I noticed that they're blank inside. And yeah. I think that that, I really appreciate that. Because then it just is open for interpretation. Like inside you can write whatever you want. And it could be related. You can relate it to so many different people because it's not so specific inside. Yeah, so so yeah, so that's my whole 
thing with my cards. I try to keep them simple, yet very impactful. As soon as you see it, you get it, you laugh, whatever. And then inside, write your own sentiment, you know, as long or as short or whatever you want. Another one of my top three, I guess. I guess I have a top five now because I'm looking at, I'm telling you I love all of them. <laughs> but another one is a Rosca de Reyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Rosca de Reyes standing there and it's looking at a, a pregnancy stick, a pregnancy test. And it says, Ya viene el niño. <laughs> and, and I think that's <laughs> only people who celebrate El 6 de enero are going to yeah. understand that, <laughs> which exactly. I think is, it, it really is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It really is a lot, of, a lot of people. That happens to be my husband's birthday, so like we always have a double celebration. <laughs> but I noticed that lately you've been posting a lot of um, Father's Day, Father's Day ones. Yeah, so every month I try to come out with at least a few new cards. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, June's coming up, so, or June's here already, but for June, we had a few new cards, and then, of course, Father's Day cards. Yeah. Which one's your favorite Father's Day one? So, the potato one. <laughs> That's my favorite, too. <laughs> <laughs> my son actually came up with that, so my 10-year-old son. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, maybe we should interview him for our Kid Entrepreneur Series. There you go. So, yeah, so he came up with it a while back. Because um, we were thinking like ahead, we're like, oh, well, what's coming up Mother's Day? And, we, you know, brainstorm Father's Day. And, and then he told me, he, you know, he was just like here listening to me brainstorm. And then he's all, you should do, you should do uh, a papa, a, a papa telling his papa, Feliz Dia de Papa. <laughs> so like, and I'm like, that's so funny. I'm like, yeah, that's, I wrote that down and there you go. That's where <laughs> so cute does he get any royalties <laughs> yeah he, he helps me we should it's, talk about that on our episode exactly. so i could teach him how to get royalties exactly it's a it's a family business so you know my daughter sometimes helps me pack cards he you know he helps me and um and yeah so he helped me come up with that, that idea and that that's actually the best seller for father's day <laughs> i love that one it's yeah. so you know, um, hearing you talk about your kids, I think about my kids too. Like um, <clears throat> when I posted the few, when I published the first few episodes of this podcast, mm-hmm. we were just driving in the car, and I just happened to, I happened to put it on. <laughs> I just put it on. And I was like, okay, let's listen to it. I'm like, who wants to listen to me on the radio? And then I was just listening to it uh, again. I, I don't know. I like you. I'm an overthinker sometimes, so I think I'm listening to it, and I'm like, okay, what could I do different? What could I do better? And just things like that. And then when we got to our destination, and uh, we we got back in the car to go back home, my son, he's he's four and a half. He goes, I want to listen to mommy on the radio again. <laughs> it's just like them, you know. Like I'm assuming you kind of feel the same thing, like when your kids try to help you with your business and my kids make those comments it just like makes me feel like oh like they're actually paying attention to what yeah. i'm doing and it's very very encouraging yeah and yeah yeah I, I mean like i said this was like when i went to college i originally wanted to be like a cartoon animator and i have a strong oh, cool. traditional art background but you know i was again the overthinker right like i was like well it's gonna be hard to make money and you know whatever so i went into i could i knew i could apply those skills into like web design graphic design stuff like that and um i think you know i told my kids that story you know before and now that they see me you know like i'm going back to like you know because they all have like that cartoonish type of you know illustration style they see that you know i'm I'm going back to what I, you know, really wanted to do, like originally and incorporating it somehow into, you know, this business. And I like that they're seeing that, you know, that, that, you know, I'm pursuing something that, you know, maybe I put on hold for a while, but I didn't let it go. You know, I'm like, part of that is still within like the things that I'm doing now. Yeah. Following your passion. You know, I, that's something that I've noticed. And another, one of the reasons why I, I love that I started this podcast and to showcase this is that our generation, we're so fortunate in 
all of these technological uh, tools that we have around us mm-hmm. that we're able to really follow our passion like we're able to actually like really live it and yeah. you really are and you're able to make a living out of it and yeah. that's what entrepreneurship to me really is yeah. make a living out of following your passion yes and you know the phrase that comes to mind is like ah estás loco estás loca <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you know, when you're younger or sometimes maybe even now parents are we even say, ah, estás loca. Yeah. You <laughs> Don't waste your time. Go get a real job. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's it's true. Like, it, I think business now uh, is so much easier. Like you say, there's just so much technology and tools and social media. Like, you can get up and running, you know, like you said, like just with your phone and all that. It's, it's a great time to start a business if you're out there and you're thinking of you know, starting something like right now is like the best time. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> um, I have one last question. Sure. If you had no constraints, would you start a different business and what would it be? I used to work in, before I got into like web design or whatever, I, I did like a stint in, in outreach and, and I worked with a lot of like first generation college bound students and, and um, just basically like in, in education, I worked in education for a while, but, and I was, it's so funny cause just before talking to you, I was talking to my girlfriend and we were um, this cause she's a teacher. We were discussing how there's all this great technology. Like I live in Silicon Valley, right? And there's all this great technology, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. none of it gets into the education the system. system. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was working in outreach, you know, I was going to school, I graduated and I had, you know, a, a degree in graphic design and, and web design. And uh, the program that I worked for had some funding for a tech guy. So they hired one of my best friends who was a web developer. And between us, like we were able to do so many things for this nonprofit, you know, like we made a whole data uh, database system for them. And and, you know, our, our boss was just so impressed. Our director was like, wow, you know, like these are things that most nonprofits never get this type of thing. And, you know, so he, he had us like he had us go to like our national conference and present like what we're doing for him locally and, you know, how they could do the same at their, you know, institutions. But after that time, I really saw how like, man, like there's like no, no there's all this cool stuff out here, but it's not getting back into those places that really, really need it, you know, or like they could, maybe they don't need it as much, but they, it could help them so much, you know? So if I could start any business, it would be something, you know, techie and go back into, but for like that, you know, education or a nonprofit somehow, something like that. Now you're making me think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I live here. We, like, literally live in Silicon Valley in mm-hmm. California. And I actually talked about this in a different episode, too, about how our state of California, the economy of the state of California is up there to countries. Like, it's comparable to countries, yeah. such as, like, Italy or Brazil. Yet our public school system here in California is one of the worst in the whole country. Mm. Yeah. And like, there's so many tech companies here and educational uh, um, ed tech companies too. And that's a point that she brought up. She's like, all these kids that literally like go to school blocks away, just a few, just down the street from Facebook will probably never be able to get a job there. Exactly. Yeah. sometimes it's depressing but it's also very um well that's what i'm saying like it it lights a fire it's inspiring in a way too because it's like there's so much to be done right yeah and there's i mean like that program i work for there's people that are out there definitely Mm, that that changes right Mm -hmm. like that program i work for works specifically with first generation college-bound students to make sure that you know, they answered all their questions, you know, based like that a lot of times, you know, we don't, 
you know, first generation students don't know about financial aid, you know, and Mm -hmm. counselors, you know, at the high schools, you know, if you really count on like a high school might have, you know, 2000 students or whatever, and there's only four counselors for all those students. And if you're a first generation college student, you know, they're just breezing through, you know, making sure that, okay, you're taking classes to graduate. They ask you what your goals are. Well, first generation student has a bunch of questions that, you know, a counselor really doesn't have time to like focus all the time. I remember when I was in high school, Yeah, it was like orientation day and I was one of those ones that like my mom went with me yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I, at some point it was just like, okay, whatever, my mom's coming. So just don't, <laughs> don't make a big deal about it. Cause my mom's going to be there. Yeah. But it, it really wasn't until my, my master's program when I really thought about this again, that I was, not, not that I didn't appreciate her then, but mm-hmm. I actually really, really appreciated the fact that she was there because yeah. I remember this one particular story um, when I got my classes and then my mom looked at them. I was like, okay, well, this is what they gave me. I'm like, right? I'm a teenager. This, this is what I have to do because this is what they gave me because yeah. the school knows best, mm-hmm. right? They know what's best for me, right? Because I'm just a teenager trusting in the system. Mm-hmm. And my mom looked at it and she's like, Why'd they put you in this math class? Right, yeah. Like, you know more than this. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, you you can do better than this. So she goes and she looks for a counselor, and my counselor happens to be the only Latino counselor out of all of them, and he wasn't there. So we went and we talked to a different counselor, and she looked at, and she looked at my, she's like, oh, wait, what is your name again? Oh, um, my, my maidenly, my, my last name is Padilla. And she's like, oh, Padilla. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in the right math class. Just because she saw a Spanish last name, she automatically assumed that I was in the lower math class. Yeah. And if it wasn't for my mom who yelled at her Mm -hmm. and told her, no, you're not going to treat my daughter like this just because she's a Latina. Yeah. (laughs) She actually already passed this class. She needs to be in a higher higher level. Exactly. And then she's like, what? Like, what? Like, (laughs) no other... A Latino parent has ever spoken to her like that because they don't because Latino families really trust in the system and just go long. They do. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so that, that program I work for that works with those students, you know, you had someone to advocate for you, but a lot of them didn't. They don't. So so our, you know, that's, that was our job. Like we would go and when we would look at their transcripts, okay, something's wrong, right. You know, why are you taking, you know, art three when you know you already have those credits like you should be taking you know we would do that but yeah even i used to work for another program called parent institute of quality education Mm -hmm. and that was our goal was to make sure that parents after taking this this six-week course you should be an advocate for your kids and this is what you should be doing this is what you should be looking into these are the you know this is how the educational systems run in california these are your rights and And I think it's really important for people to understand that parents need to be trained, not because they're they're dumb or lack of knowledge. It really is lack of resources, no access to resources. That's really, really what it is, because a lot of the times they have is the first child in the family. And I'm talking about like generations, Mm -hmm. the first person in the whole family Mm -hmm. across generations that are, are actually going through this. And they don't know how to navigate the system. Yeah, exactly. And so it's a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people are like, oh, well, you don't know. Well, how come you don't know? Because I don't come from a family where like there's 10 generations of people going to college and getting good jobs and buying houses right away. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it is. Yeah. So we went from talking about... (laughs) about paper, paper tacos <laughs> to uh <laughs> to getting into college yeah. so that's why i did graduation cards <laughs> oh yes you did i did see those those are cute and like loteria style um, yeah loteria style, loteria Bravo, style graduation Bravo. cards <laughs> yes so where can people find you you said your website earlier right um, yeah so it's papertacos.net and we're on instagram and facebook you just search paper tacos will will come up 
and uh, on our website you could see where to buy our cards if you want to go buy them you know at a retail store and we also have um, posted where our next events will be um actually was thinking about this are you gonna start like some sort of subscription business or like um, I don't know like a box like okay yeah I'm just envisioning like a, I don't know if you've ever seen at Costco where they have all these like different cards and different occasions mm-hmm. yes so I actually just posted about that like two weeks ago or something like that just to get a feel of like that's why I love Instagram too because you could quickly do you know if you have a doubt post it on there and get feedback right away yeah people respond right yeah, yeah. so I put a poll in my story and I said would you guys be interested in a subscription service where you know I might send you like three four cards a month and you know you get to save some money and you don't need to think about it I'll give you you know and the majority said yeah like about 80% said you know they would be interested so it's definitely something that I'm thinking about um, maybe not right now but in the future but um, but also box sets is something that I want to do too so like you know a box set of like maybe eight cards different occasions and you'll save some money and you know you could have them for the year or whatever yeah, I'd definitely be interested in that because, yeah. like, the last time when I saw you, I was like, I want all of them. <laughs> but right now, I, I, I just bought one for uh, for my mom, for the yeah. other las madres. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, if there was, like, a box that included all of them, I think I, I would have just bought that yeah. because it was too many choices and I wanted <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, and I've gotten that request pretty pretty often. So now I'm really, like, considering, okay, what's the best way to do this? So. So yeah, that'll be coming soon. And then uh, another thing I'm working on that's going to be coming soon is uh, an app. It's more like it's more just to get my um, my brand out there and get more people to notice it. But my my designs, it's basically going to be a sticker app for iOS. So on your if any iPhone users out there. Yes, I think I saw your you had a poll for that too, right? Well, I just put like you or know, a question, you yeah, your this? stories or something. Like, yeah. Yes, we want this. So yeah. yeah, so I'm putting all right now. I'm in the process of putting all of my designs for my cards into a sticker app, and that'll be coming very soon. Yeah, because definitely, I would definitely send, especially what uh, Feliz Santo, Feliz <laughs> <laughs> Santo. <laughs> yeah, you know so, to change it up from Sapo Verde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know now you know you could get a greeting card. And then, you know, everybody's on their phone now and they, you want to wish someone a happy birthday, you could just send them a sticker and it'll be on there. And it, I'm still debating um, when I'm going to release it, but it's, I'm working on that. It's very close to being done. Oh, cool. Congratulations. Yes. I'm excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time to tell me your story. I, I had fun and... I'm going to continue to be a fan and (laughs) um, yeah. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure to be on here. Thank you for listening to relate and elevate. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Giselle's world and on Facebook at GM strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.